Hey, Coach, uh, Coco Hillary, uh, number six, uh, played four years under Coach Jerry Moore. Um, definitely one of the most inspirational people that I've ever been around, ever talked to, ever been encouraged by. Just want to tell you thank you for all, all the hard work, all the push, all the, you know, all the uh, encouragement uh, over the years, uh, even to now, just some of those things you still resonate in your mind. Uh, just want to say thank you. Uh, to you and Miss Moore, I really appreciate you guys' service. I hope you continue to live a great life. Uh, love you. Enjoy. Uh, we'll see you soon. All right. So hold me when I'm here, love me when I'm wrong, hold me when I'm scared, and love me when I'm gone. Ship hook number 33, from 91 to 94. Just want to say thank you, Coach Moore, for taking a chance with me. I'm in the college at 135 pounds. Let me play running back. I still remember you putting me in the game that first time against VMI. Nervous to death. Thanks for teaching me the game of football. I was so relaxed and laid back at the time. And once you told me how the game was going and how it was supposed to go and what the coaches meant, I took it a little bit more serious and became a better college football player. Well, thank you for that. Thanks for making us young men. Thanks for being that father figure away from our parents when they were back home. Thank you for teaching us spiritually also. Thanks for all you do. You'll never be forgotten. Love you. Thanks. My name's Dan Utley. I was number 64. I played from 2001 to 2004. And I just wanted to tell Coach Moore, thank you so much for being the leader you were, uh, offering the guidance to me and the rest of the guys while we were there to help us be the best men we could be. And that I think the thing that I take away the most from your leadership and guidance was the accountability factor, being accountable at all times to your family, your friends, and your God. And I think that part of your lessons has stuck with me the most and has made my life what it is today in a lot of ways too. So thanks for all you did for everybody through the years and for me when I was there. I uh, always think back and, and, and wish you had those days again like you always told us you would. So hope you're well, Coach. This is Grant Oliver, number 75, offensive tackle. I played from 02, 03, 04 into 05. And uh, I just want to Coach Moore, thank you so much for giving me the opportunity to be a Mountaineer. Thank you for showing me what it is to work towards a goal, what hard work is, and uh, what being a man is, and not just a football player, um, and really helping me um, set myself up to, to, to overtake the hurdles that life throws at me um, as I go about life. I always looked up to Coach Moore, and I, and I, I felt like he was a great leader of men. And, uh, I'll always be appreciative of the opportunity he's given me in the lessons and topics. Thanks, Coach Moore. Love me when I'm gone. Well, I think my job is to help mold men. You know, 10 years from now, they're all going to think they were great football players. But 10 years from now, we're going to be great 
I'm as grateful for that as I am anything's ever happened to us in football. Three claps, we're ready tonight. Three claps. Three claps. Three claps. 27 years ago. Mark Legree, number 13, uh, played from 2007 to 2010. And I just want to thank Coach Moore, first of all, for just giving me an opportunity uh, to play football at State without believing in me. Um, I'll never forget, you know, all the times he uh, praised me, but he also definitely made examples of me when I needed and so those same coaching values I use today as a coach, and um, I just thank him so much. Uh, without him, you know, who knows where I would have been. I love you, Coach Moore. To jump in one of these uniforms with you guys. Jeff Corning, number 63, 2002, 2005. Thanks, Coach Moore, for all he did for us. How you going to finish? It doesn't come every Friday night. It comes when you get married. It comes when your child's born. So you get it, but you just don't get it every Friday night. You're going to miss that more than anything in the world. That's what I miss. Yes, this is Marcus Morrell, number 44. I played 2003 through 2006. I personally want to thank Coach Moore for just not only showing me how to play the game of football, but how to be a man outside of football. He, I took a lot of life lessons from what he had taught me just within our practice time frame and the battles we have in life and the battles we have in game, which I truly appreciate from Coach Moore for, for showing me those lessons of life. Thank you again, Coach. This is about the guys in this room that care about each other, that know there's only so many more of these nights left. It's about you. They're a faceless opponent. They just happen to draw the short straw tonight. Coach, Jason Blaylock, seven. Late 99 to 03. Coach, I appreciate everything you ever done for me, both on the field, off the field, and in the coaching world. Have a great one. See you, Coach. Back in my helmet, cleats, and shoulder pads. All right, this is KT Stovall. I was the defensive end at Appalachian State from 
as long as they ask, ask for something you taught me, it doesn't come to fruition. So I can't thank you enough, and my family can't thank you enough. And we love Scott Williams, number 51, 1994 through 1999. Coach Moore, I'd like to thank you for being a Christian leader and providing that example to all of your players throughout your career. Uh, you'll never know how far that goes in the lives of all your players and the families that we have. Thank you for being a great coach and role model. Anything you want to. What a wonderful time in your life. I get excited. Hey, Coach Moore, this is Trailer uh, number 21. I played with uh, for you uh, from 1999 to 2003. Um, I'm right now living in Canada. I got a PhD in food science. Um, and uh, Everything is going well, living in Canada, making nutritional products, and, and just enjoying, enjoying life. Um, yeah, playing on the field was great. I learned a lot. A lot of lessons that um, I took from your coaching and I, I still apply to things I should do today in my work and my daily routine. Um, so thank you, Coach. It, uh, it, it was great playing underneath you. It was great to see that um, uh, people are, you know, doing a, taking an interest in, in kind of talking about their experiences underneath you. And um, it's good to hear that you're doing well. So, Coach, uh, thank you a lot. Appreciate everything. Uh, thank you, Coach. Emotional. This is an emotional game. On that day. And at the end of your life, you look in the mirror and you know, you know, I gave it all I had and I gave it for a worthy cause. Monte Smith, number 38, played from 2002 to 2006. Appreciate everything you've done for me, Coach Moore. Hey, Mike Metcalf here, number 41, 03 and 04. Uh, just want to say thanks to Coach Moore for all the memories. Um, Truly a legend, 
I'll never forget uh, as a walk-on kid walking in your office and you giving me a scholarship. Uh, still a moment I uh, never, never forget. And um, best wishes as you continue to enjoy retirement. Thanks. Guys, um, <clears throat> I want to thank everybody that, that took the time to call and leave Coach a message. Um, and, and that's who we're here. Coach Jerry Moore, thank you so much for coming back on again, sir. Yeah, glad to, glad to be a part of it. So, <clears throat> but let's just go ahead and get it out of the way, Coach. Um, I did tell the guys that that I would make sure that that you got those recordings and and got to listen to them and and uh, maybe just share what you thought about them to them. First of all, they were awesome. It's a great uh, thought on your part or whoever was involved. And then uh, Margaret um, actually they're on her phone and she says I had, she had something she wanted me to hear. I, a lot of times she's doing that, and, and uh, I'm not that. Sometimes I'm not quite that interested in it. But then she says, "You want you to hear this." So I started off, and I can't remember exactly who the first player was, but uh, I mean, it went all through. Jason was on there, Chip Hooks was on there, just on and on and on. Now, and of all things, now yesterday Blake Israel called me from Los Los Angeles. <laughs> he said he was on a. He called it. He was windshield something. He was driving someplace. So. And we talked for 30 minutes yesterday a lot about the same things that was brought up by the other uh, players and things in the past. And it's just, it's awesome to have that kind of relationship with the, with the players. And, uh, you know, I didn't, I didn't, even, I couldn't pronounce Appalachian, didn't know how to spell it, didn't know where it was located or anything when I left Texas to come over here. And um, and it turned out to be one of the great things that's happened in my whole life. Uh, I tell you, Coach. Um, as a kid growing up in in the this unique area, and I think my mom and were you know kind of just wanting to stay here. Um, and growing up, it was when I got to age of know what's going well, kind of know what's going on because probably I'm 37 now and I still don't know really what's going on, but um it was, it was so nice, us do. <laughs> you know to have have such a neat thing on saturdays you know it was black saturday and i was like well what's that and you know i start getting explained and and then i start getting to meet people like chip hooks and matt stevens and and to me as a kid that was the coolest thing in the world um yeah. i get that close relationship with a college football player and I mean, that's all I knew was that football, <laughs> and it was. Yeah. I just thought, you know, we were the cream of the crop, and I just never thought any different. And it was just so neat to to have that at, that aspect of it. You know, John Settle going off on, um, you know, the NFL, and <clears throat> I know he was yeah. lower than you, but I know you know John. And John's you know, a good friend. He's coaching in Wisconsin. He coaches I the running backs of Wisconsin <laughs> now. Puts them out, don't he? <laughs> yeah. He's, he's had one or two pretty good running backs up there in Wisconsin. Um, uh, he has that. He'll be a good guy to have on your show. 
I, I would love to try to reach out to, to John. Actually, when I moved back in, in to, to Zionville to up here, his sons was going to school with that. And, yeah. and John, uh, they came over and helped me move some stuff. So I got you. Small world, ain't it? <laughs> it is so, that. It is you know, a, a good one. Um, it, but, uh, and I, I just got the unique, as a local coach, you don't know what we thought of you because it was just, you was always an inspiration. I mean, you know, you know how people talk and whatnot and gossip and this and that, but, you know, in this community, coach, you were it. I mean, I didn't look, you know, if I looked for a mentor, it was coach Moore. And, and my mom even said, you know, coach is a good man. I like coach. And <clears throat> what my mom goes, and if you know, I sent Margaret an email last night, and I told her my mom always told me behind every good man's a good woman. And I said, in this case, <laughs> mama, without a doubt, is definitely right. So, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, just to have you all part of the community and the way that you came up here, regardless of if it was for a job or not, I think the good Lord definitely brought a a, a gift to this community. So it's a joy to have. Well, we've had a have we've had a lot of fun here, obviously. So, um, but uh, I mean, listen. You, you know, we we talked, Coach. I, I I love just like you said when you came into into Moon and you couldn't even say Appalachian. And what first couple years? Can I mean? Can you? Is there memories or or things that that you held special to you? And you know, I'd love to start in in the early years with you. Well, when we came here, uh, kind of a interesting story. I I been at Texas Tech, and then I was in a, uh, a private business. I was working with a developer, and uh, I, I traveled all over the southeast, from Florida to Arizona, southwest, really, looking for property. And we built two or three golf courses, and and, uh, and he was he was a builder, built big homes, nice homes. And then I just I just didn't fit. I mean, I, I missed coaching and. And I called Coach Osner at Nebraska, who, where I'd got coached once before, and talked to him a little bit. Just kind of wanted to get back in the loop. And uh, most coaches have been through that situation. And mm -hmm. then I called Ken Hatfield at Arkansas, and he said, uh, "He said your ears must be burning." He said, uh, "Fred Goldsmith and I were talking about you just now, and it, why don't you come to Arkansas and be a volunteer coach?" Well, we had three children in college. Uh, I had an apartment in Dallas, an apartment in Atlanta. We had a home in Lubbock, a home in East Texas on a lake, and I had five car payments. And he said, mm -hmm. come be a volunteer coach. I thought, man, I almost laughed in the phone. I just, yeah, how are we going to make it? Well, mm -hmm. that woman that you talked about that behind every man said, we can make it. And we went to Fayetteville, Arkansas. And she taught fifth grade, and I got to do what I love to do, and that's coach. And we won the Southwest Conference Championship, played UCLA in the Cotton Bowl, and the next thing I know, Jim Garner called me from uh, Appalachian State. And uh, Dr. Thomas uh, uh, was the president, the chancellor, and uh, we met at the uh, Grove Park Inn uh, yeah. on a 
when his it was Sparky had just Sparky Woods was the coach and he had left. It was in March and he left and went to South Carolina, and um, I, I was here the next week. I guess it's pretty quick transition. But uh, we had some issues that first spring. Uh, uh, several players transferred and went to different places, and uh, as as the by the by the end of the summer and start of the next the, the first season in '91 or I mean '89, uh, you know th- their deal was they we wanted we didn't work them any harder or do anything like that. They just looked, felt a little bit jilted because there wasn't a coach here that had recruited them. They, all those guys went to South Carolina. And, right. I mean, he he. I mean, he took a lot of players with him too, from my understanding. And, well, he took a few, and uh, right. but it, when we got cohesiveness, uh, well, I'll tell you, we played Garner Webb the first ball game, mm-hmm. and we were okay. We we played we 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 beat Gardner Webb, and I think we were supposed to, and all that stuff. But we went down to Winston Salem and played Wake Forest the next uh, Saturday, and uh, we. We played a lot of young freshmen. DJ Campbell was a quarterback. J.K. Reeves was a freshman fullback, and on and on. And the great freshman that turned out in that ball game was Harold Alexander, the punter. Uh, he just kicked the ball out of sight. And uh, but we won that ball game 15 to 10, and that was that was the turnaround game for us with the players. I think they had lost a heartbreaking ball game to went to Wake Forest the year before. But um, that's how we kind of got started, and then uh, we were in the playoffs that year. And I've said this many times. I think Sparky's he's a great person to begin with and a good football coach. Had he stayed here, they may have won a national championship. They were, We had that good of players, and they had recruited good, and, and we were in the playoffs. Uh, we lost to Marshall. Marshall had a great football team uh, that year. But uh, anyway, we – that was the beginning, and then from there it really just got better and better, and, and uh, we, we won our first championship, uh, conference championship in '91. And of all people, uh, that you, know, you ask about players and things like that, with uh, uh, was uh, Steve Wilkes that we beat Furman at their place, and Furman had won the national championship in '88. So when we came here, we didn't know anything. All my staff was guys from Texas except for Rupp and McNeil. And we didn't know about Furman or Citadel or Western Carolina. We didn't know anything about that. We didn't know about the rivalries there. Yeah. But we uh, we uh, beat Furman in triple overtime down at their place, and that was a big win for our, for our team and for our fans. And Steve Wilkes blocked the field goal in the triple overtime that gave us a win. And we were together last year at that Legends meeting, and I told Steve, I said, I said, you know, that kid, that blocked field goal in uh, 91 was just as important as that blocked field goal at Michigan at that time. And he, he kind of teared up about it. But uh, we had some really good, good players. And uh, we've had good players every year that I've been here. Sometimes we didn't coach them as good as we could, but uh, we've had this, and they and they love Appalachia, just like you guys doing this show. It's uh, it's it's fun to talk about. There's a lot of great memories. And, and, I mean, Steve Wilkes definitely, you know, he's 
you know, great defensive coordinator, knows football in and out. And I, I, I hope that he got long a chance in Arizona because I could see him doing special things with that defense and the players he had out there. Um, but I know yeah. in Cleveland now with the Browns as a DC. Yeah. So, and he's got some talent there. But he'll but, make it. He'll be a good, he'll, yeah. he'll be a head coach again someday. He's 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 a good he's a great person. Yeah. He he's, you can build around people like Steve Wilkes. It's just uh, you think, Coach, the, the 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 coaching tree that you began right there. You talked about Ruffin McNeil. You know, um, it's it's just funny the you hear you know the great coaching trees in the NFL and whatnot, but you don't have a too bad one yourself, and a very respectful one, <laughs> and that's off the mountain too. <laughs> so, um, and that goes miles because I, I I think you 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 have this talent to, to, to see when somebody knows football and somebody knows how to play football. And I think you, you, I mean, that's just a talent. A lot of people wish they had, and it's apparent that you've. Well, I've wanted to, I've wanted to coach since I was a sophomore in high school. I mean, this, I'm not doing something that I didn't want to do, or I had to make myself do it and stuff like that. I, I played on a high school team that didn't win a game when I was a freshman. And then we they changed coaches, and I wanted to be like those coaches. I wanted to be able to coach, and I, my head coach was a Sunday school teacher. I wanted to be like him as a man, and I wanted to coach football. And 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 actually, it, it, that's where it all started with me when I was probably 15, 16 years old. You know, it was I I, I know you said that, and uh, you know I found the. I didn't get to go down and, and see it. Um, I wish I did, but you being inducted in the college football hall of fame and, um, the press conference speech, I did get a chance to listen to. And, you know, I, I mean, they, you talked about that. You, you said that, you know, you always wanted to be a coach and yeah. it, uh, it's, it's apparent. And I, and I'm sure glad you came to Boone. <laughs> you know, it's, uh, it, it <laughs> well, was so we, the thing is it made such a difference in my life and I've, and Margaret and I both, and uh, we were fortunate that, that we had our son here. Chris coached for me for, oh, 10, 12, 15 years, and uh, he goes to do defense at first and then coached the running backs, and it was just uh, it was a lot of fun as a family thing. We have a son that was a doctor in Wisconsin. He had come down, try to get down there for one game a year at least, and our daughter was here, and then later on, uh, our, uh, our grandson, Trey, played for yeah. us. and. So it's just been a lot of fun for 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 an old man. I'll tell you that. Well, I mean, you you made it fun for us fans here in the area too. Um, but then you know you talked about uh, again Steve Wilkes, but then you you really got some pretty. Are you there, Coach? Yeah, yeah. Um, um, you you got some pretty good players. Um. You know, starting with that guy named Matt Stevens. Can you tell how yeah. Matt had a really cool story about how he came to Boone? Can, can you kind of iterate on that again of how he showed up at your door? <laughs> well, it's, it's a shame Matt. Uh, Matt was a fun guy to recruit. Matt was not very large. We were in the old facilities at that time. And uh, the last weekend we had, and this is kind of interesting too, we had a lot of great walk-on players here. It, uh, I think what happened, it goes all the way back to 89 after those guys left, 
there were a lot of players that uh, that uh, that high school coaches kind of began to uh, funnel them this way because when those guys left, we were just taking guys just everywhere and the players. And when one uh, guy that had a full scholarship left, I'd split that scholarship. I'd give that to two walk-on kids. And so anyway, uh, Matt and his he came up here with his mother, and I remember they were both kind of small. They 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 both <laughs> sat on one cushion on my couch. They were they were they were just. But anyway, and Matt was a really a good student. He could have been a doctor just as easy as he was a football player, a professional football player. He's got him a Super Bowl ring. Yes, he, he does. Uh, he and he and Daniel Wilcox. We got two guys that've been in the Super Bowl that that we coached here. But anyway, Matt uh, was a terrific player. And the sad part was that uh, we in '95 we were undefeated. We had a really good football team. In fact, Coach Satterfield was uh, the the quarterback on that group, and then Coach Elliott was uh, one of the defensive ends in that group. Uh, all all those guys were walk on football players. But Matt got hurt here on Thanksgiving Day against uh, Chattanooga yeah. in 95. And I didn't think – and it was a bad knee injury. And I was not sure we'd uh, uh, get an opportunity to play professional football. But he was an amazing guy as far as recovering. And uh, he went through the uh, the drills with the, and, uh, in late uh, May. The Pro Scouts came in here and – Worked him out and timed him. He he did really well, and he was like I said, he uh, got us went to the Super Bowl and won the Super Bowl with New England, and uh, came back and actually was coaching for me uh, as a kind of like a GA and a grad assistant, and uh, had that that terrible automobile not automobile accident on his motorcycle, yeah, and then that uh, that cut his career short up there. But anyway, uh, we've had any number of guys that could go on and on. Jason Blaylock, one of them. I think he's with you. Um, walk-on guys, and Scott says Scott and Sean were all part of that 95 undefeated team. And then I think that hurt us in the playoffs. We got beat by Stephen F. Austin. And I remember two long balls that uh, if we'd had Matt, I don't think it – that that would have happened, but we had a good football team. We ended up, I think, fifth in the nation, even though we got beaten the second round of the playoffs. You know, uh, you talk about Matt's IQ. I know uh, that the Wonderlick test, um, when he took it, I think he had the highest score ever when he took it. He did. He did. He sure did. So you talk about a tell. I mean, Matt was a very, very on and off the field. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, yeah. And and then and then you draft. You know, you got a hold of a guy named Dexter Coakley. I mean, get, how how did you get yeah, Dexter? He, was it his size? I mean, how did people overlook Dexter Coakley, Coach? Well, Dexter was at Fork Union, and he's he's from uh, uh, just outside of Charleston, Mount Pleasant, South Carolina. And he was probably a little undersized for the NFL, or at least at that point they thought he was. And um, he he visited. I know he visited Ohio State, and, he, and obviously he visited us. And this was just closer to home for him, for one thing. He had been in Fork Union for two years, and wanted to, and, you know 
that's a prep school. So he still had four years of eligibility left. I remember in the recruiting process, I mean, his dad was a brick mason, and his dad had fallen off a scaffolding. He had, had, had to have knee surgery, and he had just had that surgery when we got down there on our visit. But uh, Dexter had such great speed, and, and he was a lot like Matt. But, and I think the, the great defensive players have different instincts than the rest of us. They, uh, they can feel things happening to them and anticipate things happening. And, you know, Dexter returned kickoffs for us. He, he As a high school running back, he rushed for over 2,000 yards. So he had great speed. And, and then uh, that program at Fork Union, I'm not as aware of it now as I was then, but it was a great program. They had, uh, we got Sean Clark, who's now the assistant head coach at Appalachian and played the offensive line for us. He was a product of uh, Fork Union also. But we've had a lot of just terrific – there's a lot of stories. I could, some people tell me I ought to write a book. Well, I started it, and I hadn't fin- didn't even, uh, get to a point, and I don't uh, finish up on things. But uh, there's just a lot of wonderful stories about players here. I mean, I I, I got to agree, Coach. You know, I, I'm one of those, and that's why I like talking about these things because I, I really think this is stuff maybe people would love to hear and know about and, you know, talk about. There's, there's more than just the football side. It's the people side, and it's the who you know. I mean, you just talked about Nebraska's coach and Arkansas's coach. And, yeah. and I think you can roll down to a ball game with somebody on a plane to, to New Orleans. I mean, you're talking two head coaches that knew football. And, I, you know, I know for one, I, I'm curious if y'all talk football. <laughs> so, you know, I mean, that's – We talk about – you're talking about Coach Gibbs. We do. Yep. We, it's Gibbs. a great story. Uh, when Joe was at Arkansas a good years, a few years before I got there, but when when I was there, we played College of Pacific, the first ball game, and Coach Hatfield was walking down the hallway like on a Monday or Tuesday morning, and so we got a Bible study at the Holiday Inn at seven o'clock Thursday morning, and he said uh, George Thurl is going to lead the Bible study. Well, I knew who George Thurl was. I knew that his relationship with Joe Gibbs. And I probably would have been to Bible study anyway, but I made it a point really to be there. I got there a little bit early, and we, there was a big old table. There were eight of us sitting around that table. And George Thurl came in and sat right down next to me. He a little old bitty fellow. He was in his 80s at that point. He'd already had two or three bypass surgeries and just uh, just knew a lot about him. And so he sat there, and he did the Bible study. And then when he's over with, he told Ken he'd like to be a part. He'd like to come to all the Bible studies, but he didn't want to lead them. And so, um, which that was fine with Ken. And he he came, and he, he just so happened that we sat beside each other each time. It's kind of like going to church. You're not careful. You sit in the same spot or relatively the same spot every time you go. And, and after three of them, George told me, he said, I'd like to spend time with you just like I did Joe. And we met at the Wendy's restaurant back in the corner on Wednesday at lunch. And that's what he did with Joe Gibbs. And then the season was over, and as I told you, we won the championship, went to the Cotton Bowl, and then I came to Appalachian State, and, uh, and I brought – my mentoring lessons with me from uh, George Thurl, 
And then Joe and I crossed paths, and we started talking about uh, George Thurl and how much George meant in both our lives. And that's how the, the plane ride to New Orleans took place. So we sat there, and we, we didn't talk much football going down. We were just or we are much about personal stuff going down. And then uh, when we were coming back, we this to he, the two of us, everybody was kind of sitting in the back of the plane, and he and I sat there facing each other, and we had a great conversation there. And then shortly after we got back, his son J.D. passed away. And J.D.'s got two sons uh, here at Appalachian. In fact, yeah, I took them to dinner the other night at Mike's Inland Seafood, and uh, just to get to know them and visit with them a little bit. Yeah. But uh, I've been fortunate in getting to cross paths with a lot of special men. Well, I think you're pretty special as well, Coach. So um, I think they're fortunate as well, in my opinion. <laughs> so uh, the, this the just, men that I've been with here are, are something. I, I'm telling you, they're just like yourselves. They, they, um, I'm proud of them. I'm proud of what they've accomplished. Not, not as on the football field when they're playing, I feel that way about them. But in life, I feel about it right that way about them. And we get John Chastain, another walk-on kid, has planted a church in outside of Boston, and I think it's basically for young college people. And John texts me and calls me time to time, and and he's got his, his family and he's I know he has two adopted uh, oriental children and um, just the, and Margaret and I we, we see them once or twice a year and just makes you proud that you, you think all the things that you go through maybe any of us and, and I, I'm very familiar with what you go through as a coach I don't know what you go through as a builder or as a stockbroker or anything like that but I'm sure there's, there's adversity there also, but just uh, to see these guys that are young men when I get them turn into real men to take care of their families. And and that's uh, on one of the recordings um, that 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 I put together for you. You know, with with all the guys and whatnot. I, yeah. I, you saying that? You know, I don't know if you heard that part where you know it's in ten years. You know, these men. You know, they're they're they think they was pretty good football players, but I. I I want them to be, you know, good fathers and good husbands and good men. And yeah, was the message I really wanted to drive to you that to show you that they are. And yeah, they are. <laughs> no question about that. Now that's a heart-wrenching deal. Now I'm telling you, to, to get to listen to that. And you know, the the, the neat part probably is it wasn't real lengthy. You know, it's, uh, Marcus Morell. Uh, probably was a minute and a half, something like that. But he said all the thing, everything that he said, they touch your heart. Yeah. And, uh, and then I got to see Marcus and his mom and dad and his wife. Uh, he was inducted to the North the South Carolina, the uh, Appalachian State Hall of Fame before the first game this past year. I got to see he and, of course, Corey is inducted at the same time, Corey Lynch. And yeah. you, you go on and on and on. Uh, uh, Daniel Wilcox, uh, the chip hooks is uh, – it's, yep. uh, it's just uh, I've just been really, really blessed to be a part of the program at, at Appalachian State. Well, I think whatever program you would have been involved in would, would have been blessed to have you, Coach. And 
it, it just I think the message that you strived and you you it wasn't you know a, a book cover it was the book you know it was this is what I'm driving home this is what I want to do and I mean you sh- and you showed that and then and you know me as a fan you know you know Matt goes on plays for the Bills and and Dexter yeah. got drafted by the Cowboys and then you know you, we talked about Jason uh you know, Jason Hunter or Sticks, as I call them, <laughs> you know. Um, yeah. uh, you know, That's a great story, Sticks. Is. You know, <laughs> what happened in the spring of his junior year, and, you know, didn't think he was going to be able to play anymore. And just it turns oh. out that he's the guy that, that he got one great end on one side, Marcus Morrell causes the fumble, and then Jason yeah. picks it up and scores with it to win our first national championship. And then you got a running back that uh, nobody knew anything about him. Uh, Kevin Richardson in the fourth quarter of that ball game, we ran, We all we did really is run the ball and just uh, ran the clock out, and there's another walk-on guy. So, yeah. you know, it's just, it just goes on and on and on. And that, you know, this that's a great leeway to where I, to what I could go into right here, because you talk about those men, but then you talk about a message that I know you strived, and I know we talked to, there was that movie, King Arthur. And you, you know, the acts. And I, I really think the person that really maybe did a lot that game was Richie Williams. Um, oh, yeah. You know, <laughs> no Richie question. Williams, you, know, what, you know, what, I mean, he was basically, he had a, a almost a, a broke foot, if you will, didn't he? I mean, it was a real bad sprained ankle or something. I can't remember exactly yeah. what it was, but he wasn't mobile, Richie, you know, and, I, I was going to play that. Well, he got us there. He's, he's a, he was one of the big reasons that got us there. Oh. And then uh, yeah. we had a, a very average first half. And I, Sean Elliott was our line coach at that time. And we were walking off the field at halftime. And I told Sean, I said, hey, you get those linemen together in the back corner of that locker room. And you tell him that I'm going to go with Richie the second half, and he can't get hit. He does, he cannot get hit. And uh, John did a good job of convincing those guys that they, they better take care of him. And uh, and he did. And then and I think one of the things that happened is he couldn't run, and he would limp from if he threw a ball or something like that, or he would limp to the huddle. I think yeah. it maybe woke our fans up. Maybe every it seemed like every time he limped, the louder the crowd got. And I think we fed off of, of Richie what he was doing, even though he, uh, you know, we worked him out that morning. Uh, the trainer and I went over there to the stadium, put on his shorts and shoes, and uh, we worked him out for about fifteen twenty minutes. And and I remember the trainer kind of shook his head, just like you know. We may not mind him. He, it'll be iffy whether he can play or not. Yeah. That was about seven, eight hours before kickoff. And pre, pre-game, he didn't look that much better. Mm. But uh, when the lights got on, uh, when he turned the lights on, and uh, you know that he, and the crowd started cheering, it, he played great. He played well. Yeah. I mean, let me let me play that clip for the guys. You know, I'm gonna let me play it here. Thank you. 
and, and and just I mean that's just the audio clip. You know, I'm I'm a I'm a podcast, not a not a TV show. Um, I mean that's the axe guy, right, Coach? He's going out on the the ice. Um, it's what you know, seven of them against five hundred, and uh, you know, soldiers, and he's sacrificing himself. He's he's putting the honor, the fearlessness. He's taking that step to to make sure that at the end that they they will succeed. And I, you know, it is a movie, and but you found a way to 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 carry that message, I think, to your players as well as your coaches. I'm sorry, I didn't hear the last part of your question. No, no, no. I just was, you know, the the, the audio clip. I just was explaining, you know, again. Yeah. It's, it was it was just the way that it's it's a movie. Yes, you know, it's Hollywood, but the message was, you know, the axe represented. Um, oh yeah, <laughs> you talking you know, about uh, King Arthur? Yes, yes. I, I just played the yeah. clip from Arthur. I didn't know if you heard that. You know the. Okay, I I couldn't hear it. I couldn't hear that. But King Arthur had every year yeah. we played we we listened and watched King Arthur. They those guys that uh, from about ninety five ninety six on, they saw the same ten movies uh, each <laughs> year or eleven movies or how many. And King Arthur was one of them, and and it was all about the the guy giving up everything. He gave up his life to to help save the king. I can't remember exactly what all happened, but he took that axe and got the ice where it was thin enough that when they marched on it, they, they'd fall through it. Exactly. Here's uh, uh, yeah, I've got an axe that uh, John Jordan gave to me. It's a replica mm-hmm. of that axe, and it's in my office here behind my desk. I've got a sword up there from Reggie Hunt and an axe up there from John, from Jordan. <laughs> I, I knew that. I knew Blaylock, I, I, I'll give you out to the secret, my, my, my guy behind the scenes. Blaylock told me you had the axe. I didn't know you had a sword. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah I got a sword, too. I, I didn't fight a battle down there. And and I, I tried to get with Reggie um and 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 get him a recording. I know he you know how much Reggie loves you, coach, and and uh you know just the great things that he's done. And you know, I've known Reggie since my high school days and yeah. he's he is just a really he's great He's a big part, I'm telling you. Yeah. He's he he uh he he uh, he teases me sometimes about him being on the second team. He he was not our chaplain in the beginning, and we didn't really refer to him very much as a chaplain. But anyway, when when he started, uh, when he took over, uh, our we we got better. We you know we have a worship service or chaplain service, whatever chapel service, whatever you want to call it, right after we have our pregame meal, and early on, uh, he. Uh, uh, Told the story about uh, uh, oh I'm, I'm forgetting the guy's name. Um, Margaret told me about she was reading it this morning. Uh, was it the plow story? Garden to garden, garden of bean patch. Yeah, and uh, it's in it's in uh, uh, Second Samuel, I believe. And uh, uh, Shemad, Shemad was garden of bean patch, and uh, and all of a sudden. The bean patch became the rock, and so that was touched on almost all the time from that point. After he gave that great message, 
to our team about this guy was one of David's mighty men, Shemad. And and he had his own bean patch, and, and the Philistines were attacking him, and he was in that bean patch uh, killing those guys and guarding his property. So mm-hmm. from that point on, the stadium became the bean patch and became the rock. And that's just – Reggie did a great job of communicating with those players and just been an instrumental part of everything that happened from the time he got involved with Appalachian State football to this very day. Yeah. He's still there doing it. Much of our success uh, goes to Reggie Hunt. I can tell you that. Well. He's he's a guy that was willing to give up a lot to just be a part of. And he was never salaried, salaried. I mean, he never got any really big thing. And what he did on Friday night was – Unusual, also just uh, you know that'll be in the book, <laughs> but uh, if it ever gets out, <laughs> gets published. But uh, the Friday night ritual by actually the two of us touching the lockers and going out walking on the field and the players. Uh, I used to step up when we built the new stadium. I'd go up in the upper deck and sit in the corner after they got through with the movie and they got their little sack lunches. I'd sit in that corner up here, and I'd watch them for 15, 20 minutes walking all over that field at night, uh, just praying. And, uh, and they weren't praying for a win. They were praying just to give their best and be their best. And that's where they got that from Reggie. Yeah. You know, that's that, uh, but, but you, you, you push that message coach, because it's more than just football. You know, it's, you know, it really is. I mean, when these kids get to college, it's it's not high school football anymore. This has become, I mean, almost some would say a job, you know, because their their life involves, you know, working out, school, and and you know everything else. Because there's the no team, break. Yeah, and there's no I, break. You got the winter workouts, and you got spring practice, and then all of us college guys got now where you keep them there all summer and. Then you, you give them a week off, week two a day start. It's a it's a year round uh, business yeah. for all of us. And and uh, I mean that takes away from you talked about you know Reggie just sacrificing and but but coach you you drive the message more than just football. You drove a message spiritually because I think that that helps young men as well too. Um, I mean you you heard I remember you know Brian Stokes saying when he came back it's something that they needed to cope with coming back, you know, into to, to, to society, if you will, you know, from being where they were at. And, yeah. you know, just, I, you know, a lot of people, just the little things in life, Coach, I think add up to really big and, and neat things. So, um, but you, you, you wanted that message. You didn't force that message. This is just what you were. And I think well. that thing about I'm trying to assure you I had lots and lots and lots of help <laughs> we had a we had a great staff and we had just some really really great players I mean good players they became great players and I, uh, it was fun to watch them mature and grow and um, you know I was sitting here looking at some stuff just background stuff uh, knowing that you were going to talk it and we when we went to that spread offense in uh, 2004 I uh, uh, I wasn't sure what was going to happen and all that. We I remember we went to Wyoming 
and that's where we unveiled it, and, and we got beat 35 to seven. And uh, no, I think it's 50. It got beat 50 something to seven, 53 maybe to seven. Was that, was had that a lightning, had the, the, the lightning storm and all that stuff. And, and, and you went into the locker room I, I, and you came out and it was snowing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so, it, uh, it's, it's bad weather, but it, we were a bad football team, too, at that point. And uh, we 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 came back, and we, we made the commitment. It's like a lot of things. It's, you have to make a commitment to it. And we we were we, we learned something. It was a bitter pill to take, but we learned something by that defeat out there because we were going no huddle, but we never changed any plays. We just ran the play and it was it defeated the purpose of it then we came back here and played eastern kentucky here yeah. and we we beat those guys uh, pretty soundly and we then that from that point on the no huddle deal kind of took off and of course 2005 we won our first national championship with, with and we were one of the few um one double a teams that were doing that you know uh, uh, uh Florida was Urban Meyer had gone there, yep. and uh, and I used to go down and spend a week with those guys in the spring, and I you know, went down in '04, and '05, and '06, '07, and uh, just kept on going down there actually until Urban left, and uh, and well up to 2012 when I left. Yeah. But anyway, we it was that offense helped us a lot too. This going to that is a fun offense to be involved in. The fact that you went to it, though, to me, you know, you, you look at coaches now, and and I think coaches, um, you know, some coaches, not all, are, you know, and men in general, very prideful, you know, they're and stubborn. Because I, I tell you, my papa was one of the most stubbornest men there ever was. But I mean, that's just you know somebody's nature. And and coach, and and in my opinion, you know, like you know, we was talking about the early years in '95. I mean, y'all had, a, you know, something that was working. And, I mean, it yeah. was, epic. I mean, undefeated, you know, during the regular season. So it, it's not like you you didn't have success in what you was doing. And the fact that you you switched and you committed to that switch. Well, we to, wanted to do some of the same things, but different look was the whole, yeah. was the whole thing. We were, we were, I was, my background uh from really from high school now, not through Baylor. When Baylor, we threw the ball a lot, but up to that point, I'd, my high school coaches were from Oklahoma, played the University of Oklahoma, and uh, when I when I got to Nebraska, I, I, it, we were a run-oriented football team. And when John Settle was here as a as a player, and John yeah. helped us one spring in coaching, but we were going to run the football. We just did it from different formations and different ways. Yeah, which was really neat. I mean, but the fact that you, you, you make that commitment and 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 did that, you know, to me was it was it was eye opening because you you tried something different, you know, it, and and all it's the same thing because in football you got two options in offense, you know, you're either going to run or pass it, so it's just sure. how you win it. So and and but you made that difference to that change, and and it definitely was evident because I remember '04. And then 05, there was that question mark, you know, because things was changing. You got LSU, they got added Kansas. Yeah. And, I mean, that was a really neat season. Um, and, I mean, if you remember, I know we, we lost to Furman in overtime in the regular season down at Furman, didn't we? 
And yeah. And then we got them at home in the playoffs. So we knew it was going to be a big game. And buddy, I remember that day it was it was a cold one. <laughs> so yeah. But we, uh, like you said, it was, you know, Richie and just the whole team, it was just, they didn't give up. Um, and that kind of goes into, you know, the the next one here. Um, but I think you've done it. You you presented, um, you know, what, another one of the movies you you, you would play, uh, Miracle, you know, and, and here's the oh, here's yeah. little scene from Miracle here. We, uh, Okay. I'll get to that. I, I, I'll get to that. I thought I could fast forward to the audio clip, but the point, Coach, I, I'll let you say it. What, what was the point you was trying to drive home there with that one there about the name? Uh, no one really heard that much about our hockey team, and uh, you know the Russians were the team, and and we were we, they, if he can be anything lower than an underdog, we our hockey team our hockey team was uh, that, and into the story of it about you know how just the commitment and the things that you go through to to be a champion, and uh, we we that's another one of those movies. If you were here five years, you watched it five times, and, uh, <laughs> because it, it was, because we we're gonna we we're gonna show the miracle and we we're gonna show King Arthur, and, and uh, there were just different uh, different things that uh, that you that you pick up. And I, after you watch it, I used to sit on that third seat on the front row, and. Uh, and I'd take notes, even though I'd, I'd, seen, I'd seen that movie 10 times. I'd, I'd sit there and I'd write down notes and things I'd hear and, and then try to just kind of play off those things. I I remember we watched the movie Lincoln, and it was about Abraham Lincoln, and his, mm-hmm. he and his son were in a carriage, and, uh, and his, he wanted to be, he wanted to go fight in the Civil War. His son did, and his, they had already lost a, a child or two. And, um, and and Lincoln slapped his son. I mean, a physical, like you're trying to knock somebody down, slapped slapped him across the face. And his the boy looked at him. This is in the movie now. And the boy looked at him, and he said, I don't want to be nothing. And I remember getting that pen and writing that down. I don't want to be nothing. And that's kind of the way I felt about our team and players. You don't want to be nothing. And you know you may get hit in the face or whatever, but uh, you, those those are just those are the kind of movies I would try to put in front of those guys. And I think they knew it after a, after they'd been here a year or so. They knew what they were looking for. They probably slept through them, and I didn't know it. But uh, the point was that there was some meat in all the movies that we that we looked at, and yeah. and that was another one of those funny deals that took off that uh, at first I let them the first year well it wasn't even the first year first couple of times I let them pick the movies that didn't last long and uh, <laughs> I started picking the movies but uh, the kind that they were picking they watch they we watch after the game not before it but anyway <laughs> we we 
the movies had, had their had their role, had their place. Well, I know that 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 part there. I know it was, you know, the what he was trying to drive home there was the uh, the name on the front of the jersey is more important than the name on the yeah. back. And I mean, I, just, goes, I just read a, you know, go ahead. Just read a, a story about and uh, a story a book by the coach at uh, Philadelphia Eagles, and his son made a statement to him. Uh, there was a it was a picture. It's a great 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 book. It's called Fearless. And um, his son tells him it's after they win the the uh, Super Bowl, and you know they weren't even picked to win the they were the underdogs and uh, mm-hmm. all the way through the season. And his son made this quote, and I've started using it some now. An individual can make a difference. A team can make a miracle, and that's kind of what uh, what happened in that. But the movie, The Miracle, you know, an individual and in Russia certainly had some good players, but it took a team like the the, the ice hockey team to mm-hmm. make a miracle and to win that ball game, you know, that the ice hockey game. So that's uh, and that, and I just you know, I play off and feed off of books I read. I've got a neat library. <laughs> yeah, I got it's it's big. I'm gonna pass that on to my grandson Trey. He's a, he's he's coaching and and he he doesn't have time to read books and stuff like that right now. But as time goes on, he will. And mm-hmm. this things that you feed, things that happen in our country, things that you feed off of, and that you want to make things better, and you're going to keep trying to keep making yourself better. And I'm still at that process right now. Here I am, just trying to. Uh, be a better better person, a better man than I was uh, yesterday. And it's a struggle every some days. But uh, the people that you're around have a lot to do with it. And, uh, you know, I appreciate uh, what you, that those discs that you sent those uh, on those players. Those are great reminders. I wish they all had a copy of it because it is a great reminder for you how you live and, and that you're appreciated. Well, I will get a, I, I'll make sure that, you know, uh, I give everybody either if they want a copy or an MP3 file of it, um, I'll make sure and I'm going to get you a couple uh, copies of, uh, on a CD coach so that, that you can hand them out and have for yourself. Um, it was a great honor to me, coach, to to do that, to to put that together because I'm not a. I'm that not took a, a lot of work now, I'm telling you. <laughs> it was it was it was time consuming of, of learning how to do that because I that wasn't my cup of tea. <laughs> so, yeah. um, but it was it was my way of saying thank you as well, coach, because you've taken time, um, you know, out of y'all's life to, uh, you know, to come on here on the show. But to be, a, you know, just just a friend as well, because, I mean, y'all came over and, and, you know, I know my son Dash just loves you to death and, and, and Margaret, too. And and, uh, you know, just to have you. Um, over at the house, it was just neat to me, and, and the boys sure like you, you know. So it was, well, uh, it's fun, it's fun to reminisce and be around the players after they're gone, and that's what and, it's uh, about. You know, most all of you now got families, you know, we we enjoy those children. I know I do, I know I do. So it's uh, it's neat to to see them grow and to learn how to do things. And the the, the, the neat thing to me this morning 
is I didn't have to force him to brush his teeth. Like he came in the bathroom yeah. and he had brushed teeth and he got up there and he went out. Yeah. 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 You know, it's only taking two years to get that, but hey, I'll take it. <laughs> so, yeah. but, uh, but no, that was, uh, you know, the, 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 the thing that I know to coach through the years and the special times. And, and I know that, you know, people could portray things, especially, you know, the, they started doing the motivational videos for pregame and stuff. And I'm sure you saw those with the team, but as a fan, I, you know, we knew that we was coming to play football. We, we, we had a, I wouldn't say a smash mouth football team, but we had a team that, that I think you instilled that like, you know, like the miracle of the movie, the, the players that y'all were a team, you were together. And as long as y'all stayed that there's no reason you couldn't win. And I, I think you that, mentioned the great guy that had a lot to do with it, and that's Jake Strook, that highlight tape every every Saturday, every Friday night. That was yeah. awesome. Yeah. I mean, it was it was really fun to see those videos because it was just, I mean, you you felt like you know what? That's the team, and and you could portray that on a video, but on Saturdays, you know, it's it's a different story sometimes. But it wasn't. It yeah. was. We knew that we was going to come play some football, and. And it was exciting to see that. It was exciting to know that we was a good football team, and it just it was it was something special to see. And the uh, I had you um, know Jake Jake used to sleep in the office to make those stay up there all night to make those movies. Now he's at Georgia. (laughs) He he was he went to here to Louisville to Georgia. It doesn't get any better now. Now he's he's, yeah yeah. Made you know, lots of sacrifices. You know, it's uh, it's 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 what you put. I mean, like you know, the '09 team with Mark McGree and yeah, and Travis yeah. and Daniel Finnerney and uh, you know, a bunch of the boys that I knew and and you know, Monty and I mean, just it was that I remember that Wofford game. I mean, it was it was something special to see, and it was it was just you just felt in the air of of Man, we're a good football team because it was that was yeah. the game. It was like I think it was one versus two, and, yeah. and it was it was hard hitting all night. It was just fun to see that the guys yeah. were together. You know, I, I'm sure yeah. you felt that more than me. <laughs> so it was it was it was fun to watch and be a part of it. Felt like because as fans, we didn't feel like you said it's that family. We felt like you know this is part of our family. This is this is our Sunday meal, if you will, on a Thursday night. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, that's a that's a great night for us. A huge crowd, and it just you know uh, Halloween, the whole deal. You know, and, and then of course you know Chip Hooks. You know had a big part to do with that Marshall win. Um, yeah. You know, he for a big you know scamper to kind of seal the game. Uh, I remember that. Yeah. It, you know, just special memories, and that's kind of what I wanted to drive home today and, and just coach it, it's been a joy to have you on. It really has. And well, I appreciate it. I appreciate it. It's been, been fun to reminisce, you know, um, maybe one day we'll do it again, but I, I do appreciate That'd be good. taking the time. I, I, you know, I'd love to just sit and talk cause that's just how I feel that we've done here. I mean, that's, <laughs> that's okay. <laughs> this is sit and talk. That's right. There's a place for that. You know, and and that's why I wanted the guys to hear kind of just you know what you thought of their stuff and 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 get give them a reaction because 
I know they appreciate you more than than the average bear, if you know well, what I, I mean. Can, I, I'd never be able to repay any of them for what they meant to the football program at Appalachian State. That's just uh, incredible. And there's guys that you don't even talk about. You'd have to look look on the roster to remember them. And, uh, you know, I mentioned John Chastain. He was kind of that way. He, he was – he the only thing that he played was special teams, but he probably yeah. made the play, made the tackle on every special team. So it's just you know, that's everybody's got their role. Uh, Greg Lair. One more story. Greg Lair. Uh, we his nickname was Bronco, and there's probably not ten people other than maybe his teammates that remember Greg Lair. But he, uh, we were getting ready to start practice. Uh, and this was in '91, and uh, we had, we everybody had been here in the summer, and, and we were kind of our last meeting or the first meeting before we left the is the old facility. Greg Lair was sitting on the front row on the far right, as close to the door as you can get, and I was talking. I was uh, I'd finished my wasn't a very lengthy talk. We we're fixing start practice the next day. And Greg Lair asked if he could speak, and he stood up and uh, turned and faced the rest of the players in this kind of auditorium, like a theater. And he turned and faced them all, and he said, I want you guys to know that I know my role. And Greg had been on the scout team before, other years too. And he said, my role is to be the best scout and scout for people that are listening or practice team. That mm-hmm. uh, they they run the opponent's plays. Mm-hmm. He said, "My role is to be the best, give you the best look every day that I can all year long." And uh, he didn't talk very long. He just said, "I'm I'm going. I know my role, and I think it's important that everybody knows their role." Well, we won the championship, and so we didn't have any fancy banquets and stuff back then. They just brought us a big old box of rings and. That was okay with me. That's all. That was what was important. Yeah. And uh, but anyway, they brought that box of rings, and and we had them sitting out on the table up there. And I asked, I can't remember who was helping me. I said, "Where's Greg Lair's ring?" They found Greg Lair's ring, and Greg Lair was the first one that I ever gave a championship ring to. So in 2012, when they were getting rid of me at the banquet. Uh, and we'd won another championship. I said, I want Greg Lair to give me my ring. And and uh, I think uh, probably it was Josh or whoever, it might have been Jay Sutton, uh, probably Jay Sutton, got uh, Greg Lair to give me my ring at the banquet. And that was a, that's the story about the first and last ring uh, of my tenure there. And uh, it, was a, it was a great moment for me. And I still... Greg Lair is coaching, and he's a, in high school and doing a terrific job. And, uh, it, you know, that that was very meaningful for me. And I'm yeah. glad that I thought about him when we gave, when I gave the first ring because that role of those scout team guys is incredible. And when they, they get chewed on for not giving a great picture and not knowing how to do this and not doing kind of – uh, being a, the opponent and stuff like that. So anyway, that's my closing story right there about the ring. 
Coach, that I, I that is awesome. I, to me, I the fact that you share that means a lot. That uh, I never knew that story, and yeah, that that right there is it's a bittersweet story because you know it was yeah. if you will because I I didn't want it to come, you know. So yeah, it was just so we're good. <laughs> but uh, Coach, I thank you enough. Can't thank you enough, and and Margaret as well. Yeah. You know, she, uh, well, you need to get her on here sometimes. She'll do a great job with you. Well, I, you know, you know, I asked her today. I hope I'm her know, agent. You know, she, uh, I'm her uh, agent. And I don't know if you're going to be around tomorrow or not, but, uh, she said that she would tell you, uh, a message to tell people. So, um, okay. She, uh, she, had, she was in Bible study this morning. She had to go to. And yes, I, she is. she's just, <laughs> she's probably breaking up just about now. Yeah. So, but uh, she coach, goes at Bible study every Wednesday. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you for asking me to be a part of it, and I'm very appreciative of what all has happened here, and very humbled by the wow. men that I got to coach at Appalachian State. Coach, I, I will. Uh, I'll make sure that they get that message, and and uh, and until the next time, guys. Uh, it's TJ Corn. Thanking you for for your time, and coach. You want to you want to give them the farewell, tell them goodbye for the evening. That's that's it right there. I just uh, like I said, I'm just grateful and blessed, and uh, I uh, I appreciate the opportunity that that, uh, that I had to come to Appalachian State and meet men like yourself, and still meeting them. And uh, uh, just just like I said, I was able to take Joe Gibbs' grandsons to dinner the other night. I mean, it's it's ongoing. And I appreciate it. You know, it, it gives back sometimes. And that's why I tell people football is more than just a game sometimes. So, yeah. it's, uh, and, and to me it is. So, but, uh, yeah. you know, you said it best. It's all, it, it's, it's great. To, it's a great day to be a Mountaineer. So, uh, today that's I feel to be a Mountaineer. So, always do more as expected. Okay. Hey, perfect, Danny. Coach, thank you so much. Okay. Hey, Coach Moore. This is that hard-nosed Black Mountain boy, Jason LeMay, number 89, 2001-2002. I just really want to take the time to thank you for allowing me to come up there and be a part of your team and a part of Appalachian State. This is one of the best experiences of my life and proud to have played for you and been a part of your history. I love you, Coach. Thank you for everything you've done. Hey, Coach, uh, this is Touch. Uh, Jerome touched on, a.k.a. Little Cuddy. Uh, just wanted to call and say, man, uh, thank you for everything you've done for me. Thank you for everything you've done for our team. Thank you for believing us. He's probably one of the only crazy guys to pick. All these freshmen, they gave you hell our freshman year back on the field of sophomore year. So look what it came to three national championships. That's because you believe in us so much and pick us out of a group of people that typically wouldn't pick us and give us an opportunity to play college football. I know you lined us up plenty of times and stated that. Uh, coming out of Riverdale, representing, holding it down is a blessing to come up and play by state, but it's more of a blessing to play for you. Uh, just for those out there that don't know, I played years 2004 to 2008. Uh, once again, name is Jerome Touchstone. My number was six. 
thanks to Coach Moore, I have a number six and was given opportunity to start four years. He's a man of his word in all aspects. Thanks again, Coach. Thanks for being great. Thanks for helping me and for my family, no matter what. Thanks. Hey, Coach Moore. This is Travis Dowden, number 42. I played for you in 2005, 09. I really appreciate the uh, influence you had, the uh, knowledge. Uh, those were great years for me, and I appreciate everything you did for me. Thanks, Coach. Mike Bertante, number 74, plays in 2002, 2005. I'd like to say thanks to Coach Moore for having me on the field. Appreciate it, Coach. Thank you so much. Hey, this is Eric Rockhold. Played for App 1999 to 2003, jersey number 25. Uh, just wanted to say, uh, you know, a huge thank you to Coach Moore. Uh, you know, just just for everything. You know, you were an outstanding coach. You know, during during my playing career, but you know, I think so much about all the messages you gave that have such a bigger impact for all of us. You know, being great great husbands and great fathers, and you know, just good people in general. Um, you know, it, it really was an honor to play for, you know, a coach of your of your stature, a man of your stature. Your faith, you know, your beliefs you know, were, were uh, just a huge uh, guiding a principle and and so much of what so we all believe today. believe today. So again, uh, just a huge thank you to you, Coach Moore. Um, Always wish the best for you and Margaret, and uh, hopefully I'll be able to catch up with you again, you know, one of these days of the game or so. Uh, again, like I said, this is Eric Rockhold. Um, so thank you again, Coach Moore. Take care.